Gary Hansen. I am a child of God. You are too gathered here this morning, gathered in this place, gathered together as those invited to profess our faith, to profess with our lives who we are, who we have been called to be into this journey of life. The journey that we are on here at Meredith Drive Reformed Church during this season includes paying careful attention to the beginning of this powerful sermon recorded in Matthew's Gospel found in chapter 5. We call the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount the Beatitudes. This repetition of blessings that Jesus offers those who heard him that day that he preached so long ago and all who have heard his voice since. So to you and to me, into this place, into this space this morning, a blessing is proclaimed again. An ancient blessing that is reawakened and made new in our lives this very day. The blessing that we are invited to receive this morning is one of meekness. You're going to hear about that that blessing of meekness this morning. And in preparation for our time together, my mind was drawn to an ancient saint, a man by the name of Francis who lived in an Italian town called Assisi. St. Francis of Assisi. Maybe you've seen pictures of him. He's been claimed to preach sermons in nature that were so captivating that the birds would come to listen. He, he was a man who, in my mind, embodied what meekness and the blessing of meekness look like. And there's a prayer, an ancient prayer attributed to St. Francis. Maybe you've heard the prayer of St. Francis before. If you haven't heard it before, you're in for a treat because we're going to pray it together as a way of preparing our hearts and our minds to hear God's Word this morning. So I will provide us with the, speak, the spoken word of the words that are indented to the left of the screen, but any of the sections that are indented to the right, that is your invitation to lift up those words collectively. So join me in the prayer of St. Francis this morning. Let us pray. Lord, make us an instrument of your peace where there is hatred, where there is injury, where there is doubt, where there is despair, where there is darkness, where there is sadness. O Divine Master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled to be understood, to be loved, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Well, hear the word of the Lord this morning from Matthew chapter 5. We're going to hear the Beatitudes in their entirety this morning, and we're going to be focusing on chapter, or on verse 5, the blessing to those who are meek. 
Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you, When people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. Well, it happened again. It happened again this week, another blessing offered by Jesus that I want no part of. Maybe I'm alone in that. Maybe I'm the only one here who, when I think of what it means to be meek, I don't want any part of it. When I think of meek, I think of mild. I think of passive. I think of weak. I think of a pushover. And I was raised in a way that I got the impression that we ought to be strong, we ought to be independent, we ought to be self-sufficient. I was told directly that if, if you're healthy and whole, then you go big or you go home. And then I realized that I read not just Matthew 5, for, for better or for worse, I read all of Scripture, and it is a mixed bag, but I read all of Scripture through the lens of uh, a white, upper-middle-class, relatively healthy American male. I'm not the poster child for meekness, at least not in my mind. So this morning, I acknowledge that I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to learn about what this blessing that Jesus offers to those who were gathered on that hillside along the Sea of Galilee so long ago. Jesus offered the meek a blessing that day. Jesus offers you and I a blessing this day because we have within us the gift of meekness, of gentleness, the gift that Jesus sees in those who walked in His footsteps so long ago, and those who walk in His footsteps today, those who He says will inherit the earth. We have a lot to learn. And I'm grateful that today is Mother's Day. Because I think the role of mothers in our lives shines some light on what meekness is all about. And I'm grateful that today we heard from the students who professed their faith because I think professing our faith has something to show us 
of what Jesus was thinking of when, when He said, blessed are the meek. So let's unpack some of that. What did it mean to Jesus when He used the word meek? Who was He addressing so long ago? Well, for Jesus, the meek. The meek are those who are able to keep perspective. It's easier said than done, right? If you are alive in any way, shape, or form, you know that often we tend to lose perspective. Often the, the, the small things in life can, can take precedence and overwhelm us. Often we lose sight of the big picture that Jesus comes to offer. But the meek, the, the, the gentle, the grounded ones have enough internal fortitude to recognize Recognize and then prioritize the things that really, really matter. Jesus has this phrase that you'll hear throughout the Gospels. He's constantly pointing out to his followers, to anyone who will listen, that the kingdom of God is at hand. He's continually reminding those first disciples what he's reminding you and I, what we need to be reminded of. Why do you put your treasure, your value, in the things of this world where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal? But, but your treasure ought to be in the things of heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy, where thieves will never break in and steal. Jesus is reminding His disciples and reminding you and me that if we gain the whole world but lose our souls, then, then what's the point? The meek that Jesus is speaking this word of blessing to so long ago are those who have an awareness and live out of the awareness that the best is yet to come. You see, the meek dwell in this land. Maybe you've heard of this land before. Maybe you haven't. The meek dwell in the already, but not yet. It's where we're invited to dwell as well. In this place where we know, we know that our salvation is secure. We know that our identity is found in the rabbi who walked along the Sea of Galilee. The one who death could not contain. When our identity is rooted in Jesus, we live in this place. The already, but but not yet because it's still being worked out so that it will become on earth as it is in heaven. We catch glimpses of it, but we're not there yet. The meek dwell in the land of the already, but the not yet. And Jesus learned what it took to live in the land of the already, but not yet by the example of His mother, Mary. Mary embodies meekness in a unique way. Mary embodies meekness in a profound way. Mary is a continuation of a narrative from the oldest of the Old Testament passages of God coming to a barren people. God coming to those who cannot save themselves And in their lowliness, God calls forth His children. 
Mary's response that's captured in Luke's gospel, Mary's song of praise identifies that that she doesn't seek to power up when she is called upon by the Lord. That she doesn't seek to put on a, a Dutch front or post on Instagram or Facebook that everything is just fine. Now that God has called her to be the one who will bear her Son, who will be Emmanuel, God with us. Instead, into that blessing, Mary's response is one of meekness. Not one of of shallowness. Not one of being manipulated by the world around her. Not one that was consumed by the doubts and the fears that certainly were a part of her experience But she was able to say this, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. For now, all generations will call me blessed for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble, the meek. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Jesus walked in the footprints of his mother, in his understanding of what meekness looked like. And Mary embodied, embodied in her presence, embodied in her person, embodied in her entire life, Anyone who by society's standards was deemed to be incomplete. She was a single, unwed mother. And into that position, into that position that her society said was a position not to be envied, but her position was one to be ostracized. Her her position was the most vulnerable of all vulnerable positions in her time. And she said, into that place, God saw her. God fulfilled God's promises into her meekness. This Mother's Day, this Mother's Day when often we want to celebrate the goodness of the mothers among us, the mothers who sacrifice so much for us, the mothers who embody meekness. This Mother's Day, we recognize as well that within a mother's heart, there's an awareness. An awareness that mothers can't do it all. Even though sometimes we, we like to think that they can. And so many mothers among us try. Try to their own detriment at times, to in fact do it all. Mary, the mother of Jesus, said it was into her lowliness, into her meekness that God brought forth blessing. 
She knew that she was not able to do this task that she was called to. And rather, pretend, rather than pretending like she could, rather than posting on her Facebook page all the wonderful things while denying all the hard things, rather than trying to be the perfect wife and the perfect mother or the perfect grandmother, Mary said, no, into my lowly state, God has called forth the one who will save his people, the one who we can place our hopes upon. You see, Mary knew, knew in her heart what what is true of all of us, and is found in Scripture because it's real and it's true and it's professed by the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Isaiah says it this way, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? And then he names this fact. Though she may forget, though mothers are not perfect, though Mary was as vulnerable as anyone could possibly be, though we along the way are not able to do the task that we have been called to. Though she may forget, God says, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved uh, you on the palms of my hands. Our mothers forget sometimes. Mothers aren't perfect. We are, we are mortal, all of us. And it's part of the complexity of this day. It's part of the complexity of a day that, that we want to say and celebrate all the goodness that we have experienced from our mothers. But there are carnations up front by our grief and loss team because some of us are experiencing the void of, of a mother, maybe a mother who has passed away or a grandmother who has passed away or a friend who has passed away. But there are smaller deaths as well along the way. Mothers who forget. Mothers who, even though their heart may have desired to love and care for their children, were unable to do so for whatever reason. The complexities of this day are deep. Mary saw the complexities of all that was happening in her life. And she said that God sees me in this place in my life lowliness, in my meekness. She also saw that something more, something more was needed in this family that she was invited into when God proclaimed to her that she would be the vessel through which the Messiah would come. Mary was aware that she and Joseph weren't going to be enough for this child. She knew that there would be a family much, much larger that he would gravitate towards, that he would naturally find his place in. Mary saw what is true, that Jesus would invite his family, his brothers and sisters, those that we will come to know as the church, 
He will invite those who are created in His image, who know His voice, who hear His voice, who profess with their lives that the waters of baptism contain our truest of true identities. Mary knew that one day Jesus would proclaim that that water is thicker than blood. That goes against everything that our culture, everything that Jesus' culture, everything that almost every culture on the face of this earth tells us. We're told that that family is the be-all and end-all that you stay close to those that you are in blood relationship with. And Jesus says there's something even deeper than that. Found in the waters of baptism. Found in your identity in Jesus Christ. Found in the One who calls you out in your meekness the same way that Mary was called out. The blessing of meekness relies on this promise that we're a part of something bigger, that we don't have to prop ourselves up or our family name. We don't have to become something great and grand in the eyes of the world around us or in the eyes of those that are in positions of authority. We don't even have to impress our mothers because in some ways, even Jesus didn't. Matthew tells this story a little bit later in his Gospel. It's a great story. It's a fascinating story. He says that while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and his brother stood outside wanting to speak with him. Because by the time you get to Matthew 12, Jesus has said some pretty crazy stuff. He's done some things that have got him in some hot water. He's living out the calling placed upon his life in a way that's making Mary and his brothers Pretty nervous. Someone told Jesus, uh, your, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And if you know the story, you know how Jesus replies, right? Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Jesus points to his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. It almost sounds disrespectful. It almost sounds like something that a good son wouldn't say. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew that God's family is so much bigger than his mother or brothers could recognize. Jesus knew that our family, the family that these students stood in front of us today and said, We are a part of this family because of the waters of baptism, because of the promises made, because of God's never-ending desire for His family to grow and multiply so that we might experience not just life, but the fullness of life. Jesus says, my mother and my brothers and my sisters are those who follow the Father. Jesus knew the fullness, the fullness of what a day like Mother's Day contains. Jesus knew the fullness of what professing our faith involves. Jesus knew that at the heart of of all of it is a spirit of meekness. Mary knew it too. Because there's another story that I think we saw lived out this morning. 
when moms and dads stood behind their students, when we as a church family said, yeah, we're in this together. We don't get it right all the time, but we're in this together. With a spirit of meekness, we said, we want to do this in a way that we're able to do what Mary did for Jesus. The story, as John tells it, is that they showed up at a wedding in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and, and Jesus and His disciples had been invited to this wedding. But if you know the story, you know what happens, right? The wine is gone, and it's Jesus' mother who says to Him, uh, Jesus, they have no more wine. And again, Jesus has this edge to Him, right? Woman, why, why do you involve Me? My hour is not yet come. And into that moment, the moment between mothers and children, the moment when mom has an idea of, of who you are as a child and speaks into it, the moment when as a church you, you see a student and, and say your, your time has come, you have these gifts, you have these abilities, God is preparing you for something. Into that dynamic Often we respond like Jesus responded, right? Why do you involve me? I'm not ready for that. I don't see that in myself. And then Mary doesn't get defensive. She doesn't send Jesus to His room. She doesn't get upset that He's getting lippy with her. What does Mary do? She turns to the servants and says, do whatever He tells you. She has this spirit of meekness, this awareness that the promise that was made to her in her lowly state is going to be carried out. And with a twinkle in her eye, she sees something that Jesus couldn't see in His life. She says to the servants, do whatever He tells you. And you know what happens? Water turned into wine. A feast of epic proportion was enjoyed by all who were present This day, this day with a spirit of humility, this day, not trying to put up a a Dutch front or, or post some reality that isn't real on our Facebook or Instagram page, this day into the wholeness of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, maybe we can look at each other and say that your life is of meaning and purpose. Maybe we'll be able to thank our mothers not because they're perfect, but because they're present. Maybe we'll be able to rest in ways that we can only rest when our identity isn't found in the things of this world. But we'll have the perspective of the meek, the perspective of the lowly, We'll be able to see how the kingdom of God is at hand. This is how the kingdom of God is ushered in. This is how we live on earth as it is in heaven. The fullness of life rooted in Christ's amazing grace. This is what it looks like, what it feels like to live when the chains are gone, when we have been set free. When our identity, our identity, our rootedness is found in following in the footsteps of the meekness of Mary and her son. 
So into your meekness this day, may you see the big picture. May you find rest and comfort in this place where we encourage one another that we will inherit the earth, that it will be on earth as it is in heaven, that God is redeeming and restoring and renewing and we're all a part of it. We all have a role to play this very day. And for however many days we have, until we breathe our final breath, or Jesus comes again and says, it is finished. Into this already, but not yet, place that we dwell, may we seek with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength the one who goes before us. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we bow before you today. Grateful that you followed in the footsteps of your mother. Your mother who, in your relationship with her, you discovered who you were called to be. Your mother who was by your side every step of the way. Your mother who knew that she needed to let you go. Lord, we're grateful this day. We're grateful for the mothers among us, and we're grateful this day for the family that we represent. We're grateful for the students who stood and professed their faith. We pray, Lord, that we will follow their example, that we will now profess our faith, that we will enter into those places, those places where we feel our insecurities, where we feel our meekness and our lowliness. Lord, meet us in those places. Shine through us in those places. Show us again that it is in our weakness that you are made strong. That it is in our willingness to lay down our lives that you will pick us up and that you will make all things new and all things right. For you are a God who keeps your promises. May we live with an awareness that our chains are gone, that we have been set free. In Jesus' name, amen.